the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Hey, everybody, it's me, Rob Black. How are you doing today? Money investing in more. Facebook. Facebook, big story. Facebook, Facebook, big story. Me, me, Tarzan. You, Facebook, big story. Lot going on in Facebook, I'll tell you that. it's, It's earnings season. That's why it's a big story. When a company reports earnings they do it every 90 days they come out and they tell us a little story here or there and it means the world to me it's one of my favorite things facebook stock hits an all-time high today and it's kind of interesting yesterday they couldn't quite figure it out if it was good news or bad news that we were hearing coming out of facebook today they're like yeah get it. Now today you get YouTube, I mean Google, I mean Alphabet, whatever your name is. My mother had five, my mother had five boys and that probably is enough to make you crazy, but trying to remember kids' names is even tougher. So she'd go, Peter James or Peter Michael, David Robert, whichever one you are. And it was like my sister Susie. <laughs> So it just changed a little bit. Facebook, one of the things they did was they dropped a big hint yesterday saying, we are going to change the way we deliver the news feed to you. The news feed, that thing over on the left. Stories, which are short photo slideshows or collections of videos, are on track to overtake regular news feed posts as the most common form of social sharing. So basically, they're 100% stealing what Snap does. 100%. And again, eh, maybe it was pioneered by Snap. Is that the better way of saying it? Instead of stealing. But they expect stories are on track to overtake posts and feed as the most common way that people share across their social apps. And I go back and forth. I don't really want to see your ugly kid. I um, mean, like, he had his birthday today, and let's see pictures of him. But I guess at the same time, it's probably up to me to, like, kick off the people that I don't want to see. Because there are some people that I do like to see. I like to see Chad stuff. I like to see uh, um, some people's stuff on Facebook. Others, not so much. 
Stories is a new, newer format for sharing videos, and Facebook's been in, having problems because their algorithms were trying to come up with ways to show you things that you might want to see, and a lot of fake news was coming up. And then, you know, originally Facebook was a way for you to connect with friends and family, and then it turned into, man, this guy Donald Trump, a lot of people don't like him, and a lot of people do like him. Uh, someone posted a picture yesterday of Donald Trump dressed as Superman with a big bushy beard. And uh, the hate came out pretty hard against this guy. So Facebook shifting. What do you think about that? Let's say you invested $20,000 in Facebook and they shifted. Are you comfortable with that? Do you like that? How will we know if they're popular in the future? Facebook initially spooked investors by disclosing the slowest rate of daily user growth in the company's history and a 5% decline in the amount of time people spend on the social network. That's a lot of hours. So a lot going on there. A lot of mix of information. And I like Zuckerberg having the courage to, to shake things up before he starts seeing weakness. One stack, stock analyst said, asks Mark Zuckerberg on the conference call, how are we going to measure success? His answer was, the thing that we're going to be measuring is basically the number of interactions that people have on the platform and off because of what we're seeing that they report to us as meaningful. Good luck figuring out where that goes in a spreadsheet. <laughs> I don't know. I own shares of Facebook. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. I want to stop talking about Facebook and I want to start talking a little bit more about the markets. Oh, wait, did I talk about Facebook yet? <laughs> Oh, stop me. Stop me. You've seen this one before. The month of January is in the rearview mirror. I just signed young Zach in, who's on Tamiflu. And I was like, it's 2-1. It's 2-1. It's February 1st. Holy mackerel. That's not good. Really? Right? Where's the year going? It's moving fast. Yeah, no kidding. According to the Stock Traders Almanac, there's never been a down year for the stock market since 1950 when the S&P 500 has gained at least 4% in January. So you know what? You're going to get a good month of February. You should probably go sell the house, go sell the, the, the dinner money, and buy the magic beans Just that the Stock Traders Almanac is the Stock Traders Almanac is saying. Buy them, and, and you're going to grow a vine all the way up to the clouds, and then you're going to walk around on clouds, which doesn't make sense, and you're going to steal a golden goose because we've never had a down month. S&P 500 was up 5.6%. That's the 11th best start in 70 years. That's not bad. The average full-year price gain has been 22% in a year when the S&P 500 has advanced 4%. So wait, wait. If you start at 4%, the average full year's gain has been averaging 22%. So we still have another 17% to go. If not more, if we were up 5.6 and it ranges up to 38%, that's another 32% more. This is the time to go all in, except for the fact that some of those years, the market's been up only 2%. Hmm. And at some point in time, you break the streak, right? The best start to a year since 1950 was January 1987 when the S&P 500 was up 13.2%. Where were you back in 1987? Was that the year of a Bush or was that the year of a Clinton? Like You have to start thinking of some of this stuff, right? 
was that the year of a Reagan? And you're like, oh boy, it's been a while, right? Oh. So for the record, the S&P ended up 1987, just up 2%. When it started up 13.2%. See how it doesn't always work the way it, it, it looks? So this year will have its own narrative. Your life will have its own narrative. I never thought I was going to work as much as I did when I was 18 years old. I never thought I was going to be as successful as I was when I was 18 years old. You could put young 18 years old me against, against myself again, and it's going to have a different narrative, for better or for worse. When all is said and done, one plot line that will be constant through the year is the interest rate sector and the Federal Reserve raising interest rates and the ripple effects that it's going to have on the stock market. Yesterday, the FOMC, uh, Fed Open Market Committee, the guys that control the interest rates, they, they said they're, they're optimistic on growth. They said essentially that they've reinforced the prevailing expectation that another rate hike is likely in March. Now, that's not a surprise, but nonetheless, it's an impression that's continuing to keep a lid on buying interest in the Treasury market. So we're going to pay attention to this because as interest rates go higher, some people say, you know what? I don't need the 5%, 6%, 7%, 8% in the stock market. I'll take 4% in a bond. Earnings results from Facebook, Microsoft, Qualcomm, AT&T, Dow, DuPont, UPS, all exceeded expectations, and that's helped drive us higher. We're looking good. Looking good, Mr. Black. Thank you. I'm feeling good, too. Right? And so the markets opened higher, and then what happened? Ooh, they went down. (laughs) So we thought we were going to go higher, and it didn't happen. Now, Apple, Amazon, and Alphabet are going to be the tonight's uh, big stories. We saw a very weak productivity report this morning. We saw first-time unemployment claims for unemployment uh, week, which means a good thing. That means people have jobs. Lots going on, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Rob Black. Stick with me, and I'll drag you to retirement if I can. Throw questions at me, Rob at RobBlackShow.com. It's Rob at RobBlackShow.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM Making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm a little bit worried if I'm an owner in Bitcoin right now. It has been a three-month performance to write home to mom about. Dear mother, I own Bitcoin at 7500 Today is November 17th. 2017. Dear mother, it's early January and Bitcoin just hit 19,000, almost 20,000. Dear mother, it's February 1st and Bitcoin's back down to 9,000. Now, you're still up 1,500 from November 17. And turn that down a little bit. And that ain't something to um, laugh at, right? But what if you were the person who piled in at 19,000 and you're down 50%? Are you psychologically able to handle that? 
You can't handle the truth. Are you with me? Are you against me? Pick a side. It's a civil war at this point in time with with Bitcoin. And Jack Nicholson would say, the truth. the truth. Whoops. I'll, let me let me cue that one up again. The you truth. Can't what do you have to say? The truth. No. One more time. The truth. Jack, what do you have to say about the truth? You can't handle the truth. Thank you. It's too much drama for me. It's too much drama for me. Oh, and speaking of drama, the Palm Spring home of Suzanne Summers is going on the auction block. 70-acre estate list for $14.5 million. It resembles a French village complete with a funicular tram to transport people up the hillside. Going once, going twice, not going at all. We have no buyers. Suzanne Summers decided to back out of the auction of her French-inspired home. Oh. And, and to anyone under 35, they're like, who the H-E double toothpicks is Suzanne Summers? The actress, the author, the entertainer had put up her home, Palm Springs home, um, eight years ago at $27 million. Now it's at $14.5 million. Whoa. As my friend Donald would say, that's 50% lower than what you thought you were getting at. Whoa. The unique estate is built on five levels, accessible by a vernacular tram, golf cart, or hiking, and features eight bedrooms, nine full baths, and two half baths. Now, this to me is interesting. Because you put something up for auction, you typically kind of live with that. Unless you put special terms on it. And I bring this up in large part because it's my chance to bring up Three's Company. Come on, knock on my door. And Suzanne Summers, which you don't get to do every day in business radio. And she was a basically a sex symbol. She was, I, I kind of want to say, and I don't know, I was too young. She was a bikini model, right? Who got onto a hit TV show with John Ritter and Joyce DeWitt. And they got into hilarious situations because back then it wasn't cool for a guy to live with two women. So they said he was gay. <laughs> like, is that the premise of the show? Oh my. And hilarious, my. hilarious premises followed. Oh my, my, my. <laughs> my, my. Mr. Roper and Mrs. Roper. I don't think he can make that show today. Anyhow, and anyway, I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Um, thanks for listening to the show. You're the best, um, um, whether it's Bitcoin or whether it's uh, talking about Facebook. I do my very, very, very best to help push us through. Um, hmm. Jobless claims unexpectedly fell. That's a positive. Factories expand at nearly the fastest pace in 13 years. Whether you like it or not, Trump seems to be getting uh, the factories fired up here in the United States. It probably was going to mean higher costs of producing goods. and Because uh, we're not seeing wage increases. Facebook shares rattling to a record high. Stock market, not so much. A little bit off of record highs. Alibaba, their sales beat. And they took a stake in something called Ant Financial. Now, Alibaba is considered the Amazon of China. And it's China's biggest e-commerce company. And you're like, okay, who's Ant Financial? They took a stake in them because maybe I want to take a stake in them myself. It's a payment affiliate. So it's kind of like a PayPal. No secret, everyone knows that Ant Financial is an IPO. And just getting in now, they're ahead of you. And, you know, their stake is going to be 
huge, like my hands. This is no secret, and it's a play you can't play. Unless you were to say, maybe I'd buy some Alibaba. But then you're seeing things like Microsoft kind of weak on their, their great earnings. Maybe you go, maybe I need some Microsoft in my portfolio. I don't know what you need in your portfolio. Alibaba is looking for new areas such as cloud computing payments and offline retail to maintain rapid growth rates that have helped propel its shares to roughly double in value last year. Um, it, too, is pursuing that trillion-dollar valuation. They're halfway there. As my friend John Bon Jovi, who's getting the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame this year, being inducted by Howard Stern, would say, Whoa, whoa, I'm halfway there. I know you're saying, Rob, with all that money you made, try some singing lessons. <laughs> okay. Now, is this pop or is it rock and roll? And do we really care? Like, Imagine Dragons didn't win any Grammys this year, but what are they? I, I don't think they're rock, but they certainly get classified that way. Anyway, lots going on. Congratulations, John Bon Jovi. Pandora said something kind of interesting yesterday. You know Pandora, that music service that we don't like anymore because we now have Apple Music and Spotify? Pandora said that they're going to cut 5% of its workforce and take other measures to save costs. Okay, that's, that's about right. Yeah, we get it. But what was even more interesting is that other measures to save cost. You know what it is? They're moving from Oakland, California to Atlanta, which, because of the good-looking people there, I call it Hotlanta. No. And it, it provides a significant opportunity for them to save their workforce. We don't want to pay you 80000 We want to pay you 60000 because the cost of living is that much different. And that's scary, scary, scary news for companies, for housing in the Bay Area. As soon as companies like Facebook and Google start saying, we're going to cut our, our campus in half because engineers around the world, we can, we can save money. We don't have to pay top, 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 top price. We can pay top price. But then again, here you get top talent and you get top brains and you get top universities. Oh, and you get good weather and such like that. But man, the traffic... Thursday, February 8th, Captain Joe Pavelski against the Golden Knights. Two tickets, two bobbleheads, and he's dressed as Captain America. How's Say that for promotion? I know, I know. You're saying you didn't do enough homework on content today, did you? I did not. I'm Rob Black, and I'm crushing it. Thanks for listening to the show. Find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Black. Black.
comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. One month into the year, and already we're starting to think about Apple and their, their earnings report. We're starting to question, I own shares of Apple. How much could this $1,000 iPhone affect their quarter? And what's interesting is, as you read the analysts, some think a lot, some think a little. Some think it'll help, some think it'll hurt. My question for you is, is iPhone still a status symbol? It's like, I think you could buy Louis Vuitton Moet Hennessy as long as rock stars and rappers are popping it and throwing it around on each other. As long as you see it at the Super Bowl, people throwing it around on each other. As long as you see a Louis Vuitton Moet Hennessy as a premium brand. I look at iPhone and Apple as a premium brand. So yes, I can get into the, is it expensive today? Yes, 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 yes. Do I see any serious missteps? I'm going to look at that HomePod very, very soon. Because their TV isn't a killer product. Roku is. Apple should probably buy Roku. Um, but they don't have to, is the thing. And by charging $1,000 for an iPhone ten, their margins are going to be off the hook if they sell enough of them. Apple raised prices last year in a move that has the potential to boost overall revenue, even as the number of iPhones it sells stagnates. Analysts believe the strategy paid off in December. The question is, how is it doing in January and February? Apple is projected to report a 1.5% increase in iPhone shipments. So there's something called ASPs, average selling prices, and gross margins. Gross margins aren't gross. They're very attractive. The fatter, the better. I know you're saying, gross, fat, gross. No, fat, good. I like me a plump margin. That's right. So I like a little curve. I like a little muffin. Um, so the $1,000 iPhone released on November 3rd is expected to lift the average selling price by 9%. Now, again, you heard me mention that they're projected to report a 1.5% increase in shipments. But because they're increasing the, the prices, you're talking about a lift to revenue of 10%. And keep in mind, they are probably the biggest winner of the, the Trump tax reform. You could say the consumer. You could say a lot of people. I mean, you, you certainly can. I probably shouldn't label Apple. But because they had $250 billion of cash overseas that would have been taxed at 32 35% tax rates had they repatriated back to the United States. So it was sitting in a European bank going, Ooh, ho, ho, ho. I am in a, I am in a European hell. I want to go to America. So when we repatriate that money back to the United States, paying thirty-two percent, thirty-five percent taxes versus twenty percent tax, or repatriation somewhere between eight and twelve one time, that's a lot of money. So Apple's already told us they're going to pay thirty-eight billion dollars in taxes on the two hundred fifty-two billion that they hold overseas. They're bringing it all back essentially is what it comes down to. Now, they are expected to benefit from a lower corporate tax rate of approximately 15.9%. But I thought the corporate tax rate was 22 23%. There's still going to be write-offs. So they're going to talk about their effective tax rate today. They're going to talk a lot about the promised land. And again, they're having an investor day 
I think it's February 11th or February 13th. And that's where you get a lot of financial information. But today we're going to hear, is China improving? Is China not improving? We're going to hear about the Great Divide. Apple doesn't break out its mix of iPhone sales by model. It forces analysts and investors to come up with their own estimates. One of the key indicators of demand is channel inventory. So Apple tries to keep the inventory to five to seven week range. So if we, that's one area where we could be disappointed. Um, and again, part of that channel inventory, if it's increasing, that's probably not very good. But if it's too low, it's probably not very good either, because then there could be demand that can't be met. So it's something we pay attention to um, quite a bit. So the iPhone 10, they increased inventory by 1.3 million units to support the iPhone 8 launch, 50% less than the 2.5 million it added during the release of the iPhone 7 in the same period a year earlier. So a lot going on, a lot going on. Taxes, um, revenue projections, um, how many phones do they sell, their margins, um, how is their iPhone 8 selling? How is their HomePod selling? How is the Apple Music s- subscriptions? How many? Is China a problem or is China all good in a bucket of chicken? And I'm not saying that because I'm don't, throwing any racial slur at China, even though it's well known for some reason. Um, Asia is real big on Kentucky Fried Chicken. People actually get married there. I hear in China there's an eight-legged chicken. So we'll see. Again, do they make good quality products is probably the number one thing. And things like, um, what is that stupid game? Um, Let me look at my phone. Pikachu! Pikachu, that's right. They make a cut off of Pokemon. And I shouldn't know this, but Pokemon to me means pocket monster. And kids love those cards, and you know those things have been around for 20 years, and they, every time the company that makes Pokemon comes out with a new release, people are like, hey, let's, let's go buy some Powerballs. And Powerballs are electronic balls that actually cost you money, and you run out of them, and your kid's like, Dad, I want more! Dad, I sound like a chicken with eight legs! Scary, 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 right? And Apple, when that makes when that when Pikachu makes a billion plus dollars, Apple makes millions and millions and millions of dollars. And what did they do? They sat back and laughed. Marlboro, I'd like the Marlboro man to be my best man. He'll stand by me. And now you're saying, what are you talking about? Yeah, that character died. But there used to be TV commercials as this big, beefy, hunky Tom Selleck kind of guy. But He's gone because he died of cancer. And that may be an urban myth like Mikey, the life cereal kid, died of cancer. Or not a cancer. Sorry, Mikey, that he choked on life cereal. Don't even know if it's true. Urban myths are great entertainment, and I, I, I don't think we should debunk them. But Altry, who owns the Marlboro Brands, said that their CEO, Marty Barrington, is retiring and will be replaced by another 25-year company veteran. And you know how the whole world's doing well right now? We keep talking about how every stock's doing well and every economy seems to be doing well. When you get some poor nations doing well, they start like 
living life a little bit more. And they start working a little bit more. And when you work, you get stressed and you smoke cigarettes. Now, that's kind of a massive, massive, massive generic statement. But there's some truth to it. Because that's why there's urban myths, right? There's some truth to them. Otherwise, we wouldn't have them. And the reason I bring this up is revenue from smokable products, including Marlboro cigarettes, dropped 3.2% in the fourth quarter. Cigarette shipments slid 8.9%. I can't believe that anyone in their right mind would put a stick of cancer in their mouth and light it on fire. I mean, a cigarette in their mouth. I call them cancer sticks. But they do. And they're going to benefit from world wealth, but they're also going to benefit from a new CEO. They're also going to benefit from the fact that we have very low expectations on them. With Apple, we want Apple, to, their next iPhone, to cure hemorrhoids, to slice bread. Um, we want it to maybe cure cancer, right? But with Marlboro, we're like, just pay us a dividend. Just pay us a dividend. That's all we're looking for. Robot parade, robot parade. Some economists are saying that the world is entering a second robot machine parade. age. Robot what do you think about the second machine age? Like mass manufacturing, artificial intelligence, and other advancements are enabling robots to perform tasks that until recently only human eyes, hands, and uh, minds could handle. Like taping boxes um, with different measurements. The possibilities unleashed by artificial intelligence could eventually lead to human workers being replaced by robots in occupations that have yet to be affected by automation. Now, let me add one more piece of color here. I have massive insomnia, and it's probably going to put me in the earth many years before I should be. And one of the problems with the earth is we're deforesting it, right? We've heard about cutting down trees. I was reading an article about drones last night, in the middle of the night, and what the article basically said was, we can have drones go out and plant trees. Thousands and thousands and thousands of trees in remote parts of the world that we can't get to. And they can do it for fractions of the cost of a human. So we want oxygen. We want a healthier environment, right? We could do that with drones. Will we? You better believe we will. So some of the things, like, you've probably thought about drones and laughed a little bit. Maybe you threw up in your mouth while you were laughing. It was so funny to you. Like, drones will never deliver packages from Amazon because people in the South will shoot them down with shotguns. No way, You're probably right. But if you could repopulate whole forests, especially after, like, fires and such, you tell me. You tell me. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Dragging you to retirement in the 21st century. Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. 
Division just paid an ungodly amount of money to get the NFL on Thursday nights to part away from Comcasts and uh, one other partner. And I look at that story and I go, I remember when I was a kid, I used to write letters, letters to football teams and say, Hi, my name's Rob. I really like the Green Bay Packers. Can I get a sticker? And they'd send me stickers and autographs and things like that. I don't know if they'd still do that today. I'd imagine they would. That's good marketing, right? But when I see Fox do that, I'm like, I can't. I I guess I, I lived my life too fast because I used to enjoy football. And now I'm like, eh. I've already watched all the Super Bowl commercials. I'm like, eh. The NFL is the no fun league. I don't like this Roger Goodell guy. I it, it just at one point in time there was a, a team called the Washington Redskins, and every time they'd score a touchdown, they'd get, do get together and do something called the Fun Bunch. It's like eight players would you know uh, all jump up at the same time and high five each other. And I guess the Dallas Cowboys once got upset and got in the middle of it, and suddenly having fun was banned. And then the Lambo Leap came back years later, and because it's Lambo. Green Bay. Everyone's like, oh, Green Bay is such a nice, nice, small community. We'll let that one go, but no one else could have fun. And now they're allowing some celebrations coming back, but I just don't care anymore. So I look at that Fox decision as like, I don't know. I'm like, that worries me as far as what it's, their future looks like. Speaking of futures, I just got an email from Tahoe Squaw. And, um, I give them credit. I enjoy it. I, they, they put together an infographic, and they're going to be powered by clean and renewable energy 27 years before they have to. Um, so their headline was powered by clean energy. See what people are saying. And who doesn't like that story? And, you know, a community that actually cares in some theory. First major ski resort in the U.S. to do so. Um... Achievable 27 years ahead of the state goal. 49% reduction in carbon emissions. Resort powered by 100% renewable by December 2018. And you look at that and you're like, that's this year. And then you think about it. It's not that big of a resort. And like, it's maybe not that great, but it does affect 47,000 locals. And I, and I just, we're moving in the right direction. And we have the ability to do this. And I think you're going to be surprised in the next 10 years by the advances in medicine, by the advances in solar, by the advances in robotics, by the advances in, like, the drone story that I was telling you last segment, where we're now flying drones around and we can plant trees with it. In the last couple of years, we're like, we're going to run out of oxygen in the planet. Maybe not. So there's some positives. Now, as an investor right now, the one negative I have is the Federal Reserve and how high will they go? In limbo, it's how limbo. How low can you go? Which is great with interest rates falling. You're like, hey, I could afford more home. Hey, I could afford more buildings. Hey, I could afford to borrow more money and take more risk. But as interest rates limbo higher, it gets easier. And that's not limbo higher is easier for the person to get through. Limbo lower is easier for the economy to get through. So. If you think the Fed is going to raise interest rates, you're assuming that Jay Powell is going to be the same exact as Janet Yellen. You're assuming the volatility of inflation remains low. You're assuming tax reform is going to lead to growth. You're assuming the probability 
of a recession is low, or you're assuming the best of Trump, you're assuming the future composition of the board of governors will be hawkish. That's six assumptions. And it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen. You know, the odds of zero interest rate cuts of, of none is zero. The odds of three cuts, it's there. The odds of four cuts, not. So you have to like start factoring in, and I just gave you six assumptions. So I think we're going to be one or two for the year. I think that there's going to be some hiccups out there. I think there's going to be some slowdowns out there. I'm a little worried on wage pressures, on living standards, and I'm a little worried on productivity. It's awful. I'm a little worried on the higher interest rates. I'm a little bit worried that we're factoring in best-case scenarios. And again, when you assume things, it does what? It makes an ass out of you and me, right? An A-double-S-S. Yes, yes, yes. That's probably one of the dumbest breakdowns ever. And no one wants to be a donkey. So no one wants to be a donkey. That's not even but, funny. Okay, I'm so sorry. Some people do want to be donkeys. Facebook has $41 billion in cash. That's a new record for that company. Microsoft has $142 billion in cash. Why do I throw that out there? Because I think a lot of us are focusing on Apple and going, Apple's got cash and can buy back shares and increase dividends. So can Facebook and Microsoft. That's a lot of cash. Big tech is getting bigger. I think one of the biggest questions that we're going to have right now is when we start looking at how big tech do we let big tech go before we don't let big tech go higher? How much wood can a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck chuck? Um, when you learn things like Facebook tracks you when you're not even on Facebook, it's freaky. Anyhow, um, I'm Rob Black. Flu cases, if you have the flu, you're supposed to stay home or go to work in a plastic bag with a straw poking out. Challenges are great Christmas. Estimates the flu virus will cause a million adults to miss at least four eight-hour shifts this year. At an average hourly wage of $26, that's about $9.4 billion. Could that hurt our economy? Uh-huh. It's not, our economy is much bigger than $9.4 billion. But this is a rough year. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Black talking all things financial. Facebook shares hit an all-time high. It's an interesting one. Kind of want to talk about it. Not too much. I'll come back to it. Okay, I'll talk about it first. First thing that you need to know about Facebook is that they said they're going to change their news feed, so there's going to be less stuff that you don't want to see. Let's hypothetically say you don't want political conversations that your friends post an article. Donald Trump's hair is made out of gold, or Donald's hair is made out of of, of wool, or you Donald Trump has human news. hair. Fake news, fake news, and we know fake news. 
probably isn't going to kill the world. Maybe it will. Maybe. I don't know. But Mark Zuckerberg came to an epiphany that that's not why people were going on Facebook. That's not why he wanted people to go on Facebook. He wanted you to go on to see friends and family, not to debate um, Donald Trump's hair. And it got to the point where anyone who would post on Donald Trump, a lot of people would block. My brother David lives in Washington, D.C., and he says it's so politically charged there that he had to get off. He just quit Facebook. Too many people were one side or the other. It was a civil war of his friends and family, and it bothered him. He wants to see their holiday pictures. He wants to see their baby pictures. Um, Is Facebook meant to be a platform where we have political discussions, or is it meant to be something simpler? I don't know. I don't have that answer. So Facebook has a surging ad pricing now, because you're not going to be sucked into all the stories and your friends getting mad at each other, usage is going to go down huge. 50 million hours a day in the quarter, or 5%. And Facebook has a fear of, like, what if young people go to a different platform? What if young people don't become old people on our platform? So they're making changes now. A lot of analysts have a $235, $240 price target. Ad pricing rose 42% year over year in the quarter. Previous quarter up 35%. So they ain't slowing. They're accelerating. I find that interesting. Bitcoin drops 9%. It's near that crucial 9,000 level. I don't know enough about Bitcoin to really talk about it. But I can tell you one analyst said... Back when Bitcoin was at 14000 he thinks it can go down to 9000 then he thinks it goes to 25000 by the end of the year. And I'm like, and then the, India says, we don't want Bitcoin in our country. South Korea and China are both freaked out about it because essentially Bitcoin right now is used to pay off hackers and criminals. Can't trace it. It's tough to translate, but you can translate it in, into real currencies. But it's a problem. I think that's a, I think that's a legit, too legit, too legit to quit problem. Um, and again, I, I, I don't want to make too much of it because I don't really know enough about it. And I don't really want to, even though I do a show on finances, I don't see it as a show on finances. I see it as a show on uh, that would, uh, Bitcoin is on, on speculation. And I don't want to push you into something that can hurt you. I've got a friend who's on Facebook who's in Chicago and... Um, I got a website, not a website. <laughs> it's called Facebook. You can go to Cron4 Rob Black, Cron4 Rob Black, and uh, join it. And uh, she came to a seminar years ago, and I saw her post something stupid like, oh, Bitcoin's at 10,000. And she got five or four or five responses from her friends like, oh, no. So now it's down another 9%. How do you value that? I, I, I can't. So I've got two tickets, four tickets, four tickets to San Jose Barracuda. Free tickets. Time for free tickets. It's a noon game, Sunday, February 11th. Sunday, February 11th. This sounds like fun. I might call in myself. Four tickets for the San Jose Barracuda against the San Diego Goals. Live at the SAP Center. Noon. Go to church early at 9 and see a fist fight at hockey at noon. SAP Center, you're going to have to pay for parking. Eh, concessions are cheaper. They, they don't fill out the top bowl, so every seat there is awesome. These are awesome seats. You want your kid to think dad is awesome or mom is awesome? 
800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to be a winner of the tickets. Four-pack to the San Diego Goals. San Jose Barracuda Sunday, February 11th. Pre-Valentine's Day. Hockey love. Winning. Winning. Sharks lost a heartbreaker last night in overtime. Like a seven-shot or eight-shot overtime loss. Where they hit two crossbars that could have won it. Heartbreaker, I tell you. Jobless claims unexpectedly fell. That's not really an unexpected. Those numbers are always lumpy or bumpy on a week-to-week basis. So you look for it on a month-to-month, quarter-to-quarter basis. And they've been good for a long time. So that's out there. Um, Really, really, Bitcoin payments start up takes on PayPal. Hmm. Blockchain, Bitcoin, and cybercurrencies have finally entered the mainstream, and Wall Street is buzzing about fintech companies. That's one of those new words out there, fintech financial tech companies, poised to capitalize. A lot of the big bankers out there don't like it. <laughs> Pandora's cutting 5% of its jobs, but what's interesting is they're basically saying we're moving to from Oakland to Atlanta to save costs. Facebook, Microsoft, Qualcomm, AT&T, Dow, DuPont, UPS all had great numbers. Tonight we get Apple, Amazon, and Alphabet. That's a big three. That's a big three. As far as market caps and what can happen in the markets, if they have a bad quarter, it could be bad. If they've got a great quarter, it can be good tomorrow. Short term, I don't know. 800-516-1220 to win those tickets. Um, Flu is costing Americans tons of money. Tons of money because... When you go in, first and foremost, offices should invest in free flu shots for workers at the office. It promotes healthy employee lifestyles. It encourages regular physician visits. It limits meetings. Um, Swab. uh, It's easy. It's about $9.4 billion we're going to lose this year in average hourly wages uh, from people being sick and not being able to work and coughing and getting other people sick. And not being able to come into work. So if you're an employer, you should increase shifts to reduce the number of people working in the office at one time. You should limit meetings by holding conference calls to prevent the spread of illnesses. You should allow more telecommuting. You should allow sick workers to stay at home without fear of losing their jobs. You should institute flexible leave policies to allow parents to care for a sick child. Use a no-touch trash cans. Um, Provide hand sanitizers. Provide kind of like the bleach sprays and things like that. There's ways to do this. Encourage employees to frequently wash hands. Like, we could fight this stuff, but do we? The answer is not not terribly well. So, I can't believe by how many people are like, Oh, I got the flu after I took a flu shot. Sure you did. That's the ticket. UPS plans to ramp up spending after struggles with holiday season delays. They had another bad year of, like... They couldn't quite pull it all together, even though they knew that they had to pull it all together. They're going to pump in another $7 billion this year to upgrade its delivery network, adding more jumbo jets, automating facilities as it tries to fix service issues that hurt profits during the latest quarter. So a lot of money going into manufacturing. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Thanks for listening. If you haven't called in for those tickets yet, 800-516-1220. Uh, I'll give away some more tickets soon. I'm Rob Black. Girl, you blow my mind, you do. And all I say is I don't want to say goodnight. If there's no quiet corner to get
Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.